0: Yeah, Ram, yeah. I have a question for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Who's this Vegeta character?
1: Vegeta? Well, Who's Vegeta? I reckon Vegeta's a Saiyan, and he come from the planet, well, believe it or not, Vegeta.
0: He comes from Vegeta? <laughs>
1: he come from the planet Vegeta. You know. And his daddy's name, guess what his daddy's name is. What? Vegeta.
0: You know, I heard my mommy told me once, we all came from Vegeta's.
1: <laughs> I believe that's also true. You just heard the song Watashi wa Souzou Tsuru from the anime Majestic Prince by the artist Natsumi Kouma, and you are listening to the 180th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our mission
0: is... To make your anime addiction worse. (laughs) She's so sick.
2: Man. (laughs) Welcome to to episode 180 of The Infirmary, where our sole mission is to... Give you lots of injections and make you stay overnight so, so that you have to pay $10,000. That's
1: right. 180. We're halfway to 360, which is a milestone. Milestone, guys. Milestone episode.
0: Woo. Right. Yay. Actually, we're only 20 away from 200. We should start planning.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And not planning things like 10 minutes before we start.
0: <laughs> never do that. Oh, never. Never. Never,
1: ever. Uh, be sure to drop us a review on iTunes if you want to help us out um, we would really really appreciate that and uh, if you've been listening recently we have been reading um, five star reviews on the air so if you want to hear your review your, your beautiful words and your beautiful username uh, spoken by one of us then, uh, then please uh, drop us a five star review
2: we have some great five star reviews today
1: we do and uh, we'll be getting to those soon but uh, yeah that would really help us out if you did that we'd really appreciate it you,
2: you- want to read the first five star review Chiaki?
0: Sure. Why not? These are
2: really, really in-depth.
0: They're, they really are like contributions to literacy of the world. Our first five-star review comes from Trey Depth. And it's... they.
2: So profound. So philosophical. They.
1: I think there's there's a lot of weight there's a lot of like secret meaning in that. There's a, there's some subtext there that I really appreciate.
0: I think what he really meant to say is they are the sexiest bunch of podcasters that it blows my face off.
3: <laughs> exactly what he meant.
2: <laughs> okay, and the second five star review is submitted by Nene and it says, Refer to the beautiful title of the post, which was Keep Up the Great Work. Well thank you. Thank you so much. We will. We really
1: appreciate that. As always, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, where, again, please, please give us a rating and review. Uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and Twitter at twitter.com slash aaapodcast. And uh, every week you'll find us right here on Ustream.tv live at 9.30 p.m. EST Saturday. So please search for us on Ustream.
0: Or 10.30 a.m. JST that's for right. all of you listeners who are with us in Japan. That's right,
1: which is much better than 8.30, which I think we were doing for a couple of weeks there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was significantly more brutal.
1: That was, hey. a, that was a dark time in Cram's life.
2: And uh, freezing in Japan, so it was dark and cold. Mm, oh yeah, that's that's true. What that's, is this crazy figure you have sitting here?
1: This is Oozaru Vegeta. Oh From uh, from of course from Dragon Ball Z. It's um a little small. Like I I wish it was as big as my uh, big like buffed out Roshi figure, but um it's it's pretty cool nonetheless. Cram,
0: Cram. I have a question for you. Yeah. Who's this Vegeta character?
1: Vegeta. Well, who's Vegeta? I reckon Vegeta's a Saiyan, and he come from the planet. Well, believe it or not, Vegeta.
0: He comes from Vegeta. He
1: come from the planet Vegeta. You know, and his daddy's name. Guess what his daddy's name is. What Vegeta.
0: You know, I heard my mommy told me once we all came from Vegetas.
1: <laughs> I believe that's also true. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a lady's Vegeta?
2: <laughs> have you ever seen it?
0: <laughs> I've seen Bulbas. <both> <laughs> uh,
1: this is pretty early to get derailed.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
2: pretty funny though. I like that. It's good. <laughs> so okay, great. We so. have
1: we have new forum members. We got four new members um, for this week. The uh, first one is Is No Try, followed by Xavier L, Damned Dirty Apes, Little Cove Lexi, and Goki Cookie. Uh, I've got to take Damned Dirty Apes. I am a huge Planet of the Apes fan. That's okay.
2: because you have an ape sitting in front of you.
1: Oh well. Oh yes, that's that's oh, right. Wow, what do you know? Full circle, Vegeta. Vegeta.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna take go- Goki Cookie. Cause I want a cookie.
2: I am taking none of these names because I don't like them. <gasps> I'm gonna be. You're I'm, gonna be a cram. Like, I'm gonna be like cram.
1: You're pulling a cram today. All right, be that way. So trivia for this week I had 17, 17 correct answers. Are, is that seems high to me? We need to really like crank up the difficulty. I think. Mm. Do you agree?
0: This We're, one kind of surprises me because I actually thought this picture was a little more difficult.
2: Well, maybe. you... Maybe I the, think the the key is to take more obscure photos from the animes.
0: I thought this one was pretty obscure. Well,
2: maybe our, our forum's just full of damned geniuses. Yeah.
0: I like that one.
2: Yeah. So what do we got for it?
1: So the answer was D and Angel. The correct answers were by Cool Manio, Nelly, eighteen seventy six, Astrophysics, Icy Rose, shavam Four, Leave It To Me, Ragey, Dino Blades, Untamed You. DV-8, Tornami, Manly Mudkip, Takyora 77, The Count Is No Try, Sh- again, Shavam 4, twice, <laughs> and Zen 1. Uh, the winner for this week, get ready for it, Dino Animosaurus.
2: So congratulations to Dino
1: Animosaurus. Uh the, uh the theme is still winging it.
2: Yeah, this is the last week.
1: Yeah, the last week of the, of the theme, winging it.
0: Chiaki hasn't so, decided on the next theme, but I'm going to make it hard.
1: Uh, so, again, it's it's anime characters with wings, and then you have to name the show. Not the character. Name the show. So,
2: so we have some good mailbags, actually. And, we you know, Let's and move
1: I... on to the AAA mailbag. What does AAA stand for, Mitsuki?
2: An, an almighty anime mailbag.
1: Oh, you've even got that article. The article is, is yeah. so important.
2: And you can submit mailbags from the top page of the website. There's a drop-down box that says mailbag, and it's very easy. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. So who wants to read the, uh, the first one? I'll do the first one because I, for once, actually spent time thinking about the answer. Let's do it. So the answer was asked by Nellie1876, and they write, What was your favorite year or years for anime? Now, I would first refer you back to episode 49 of the podcast that we did. Jeez, uh, that was probably over two years ago. That's Ep- definitely over two years ago. And where we basically gave this same answer. But my honest opinion is that the best years for anime are the years between 1998 and 2002, which I will lovingly refer to as anime's golden years, where we were spoiled graciously. And if you don't believe me, within these years, I think 98, probably 98, 99, and 2002 were probably the best. And in 1998, we had the second half of Berserk. Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040, Cowboy Bebop, of course, Cardcaptor Sakura, Outlaw Star, Trigun, Initial D, Lane, and the first half of His and Her Circumstances. Man,
1: that's a that's an
2: amazing year. That's like two animes that will never be forgotten. A <laughs> season, and then going and then blending right into 2009 or 1999, we had Crest of the Stars, which obviously is fantastic. Barony Kenshin the OVA, now and then here and there. And Millennium Actress, which right there, you could argue that those are four of the best animes that ever see the light of day. Yeah. And followed by the second half of His and Her Circumstances, the first half of GTO, uh, some people like the big O, and of course, never to be forgotten, Reign the Conqueror.
0: Never forget what? that Speedo. What?
2: <laughs> You'll never forget it. Ha, I, no, it's, you just brought it back. I thought I blocked it out of my mind. And now the cancer continues to grow. Oh, man. I hate you. (laughs) But uh, in 2002, we had great... That was also an amazing year, though. Oh, fantastic. Man, unbelievable. So in in 2002, we also had great anime. We had Azumanga Dayo, Chobits, Full Metal Panic, Full Muno Sagashite, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, Dot Hack Sign, Hibane Renmei. I put Naruto on here just because of its influential Mm -hmm. nature. The Twelve Kingdoms, Witch Hunter, Robin, and Rozafon. Some of those, like Rozafon, are a little bit debatable, but some people like that show a lot.
0: You know, I have to say 2002 is probably a really, really special year for me because that was really the year that I started really getting into anime of my own accord, but then when I think about it, it was like, I think I really got into it at around 2002, and then... I went back to nineteen ninety eight and rewatched a bunch of the shows from then until two thousand two. So this this four year period is basically my childhood.
2: Those three years have twenty four anime that I think we would undoubtedly probably I would probably give it at least a four and a half to most of them. You know what's kind
1: of amazing to me looking at this list is it looks like everything from two thousand and before really kind of has that, like, everything on this list feels like that, you know, nostalgic old style of anime, and then from 2001 on like, even Banner of the Stars and, you know Helsing and stuff like that, and Noir, that feels like that new school of anime that that came in, like, as soon as 2001 started they were like, you know, as if the entire industry at the same time said, okay we're doing things differently now, shows are going to look different, we're going to start using, you know, the, the digi paint and stuff like that A Transitional period it's really interesting though because it it doesn't it it looking at this list it doesn't look like a gradient it doesn't look like a, a a a a process more
0: like a light switch
1: exactly like they just changed it it's pretty amazing
0: so
2: you can but you can go back and listen to episode forty nine I'm sure that we went into these shows in more detail but I mean if you haven't seen stuff like now and then here and there I don't know what you're doing get on it man I don't know what you're doing because it's now and then here and there is better yeah. than anything that's come out the last put, four years put down your K on. Yeah, put down K-On! Go watch something <laughs> something legit. Or, for God's sake, Crush of the Stars. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about that.
1: So we have uh, we have a couple more mailbag uh, questions, comments, whatnot. Uh, this comes from Ben. Have you any of you guys read the Haruhi Suzumiya light novels? The reason I ask this uh, is the source material for the anime, and so far the anime has only covered about half the source material, which is probably why the fans want more, even though you said it did not need more in Session 125. If you knew this, would you still have said that? Knowing more of the series was needed. Yes. Yeah, I would.
0: Because that movie oh my God. was just the <laughs> shitty exclamation point to my yes. Because I think a series should only last as long as there is quality content being put out. And I feel that Haruhi Suzumiya, the, the ship has sailed for
2: No, no. I mean... Because I haven't read the light novels... I haven't read them either. I can't really say how much quality material there was that wasn't made into the anime, but what I will say is, the, the anime as it is kind of gets its point across, what it's about, and I don't it really definitely think it... definitely gets
1: its point across, and it overstays its welcome.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, well, yeah. Well, I think that's also helped by the rapid by the rabid fandom that suffocated that suffocates us every, mm-hmm. each and every day. But, I mean, I still see Haru. He's using me a crap in claw oh, yeah, Machines here. Of course. So yeah i mean how do Mia me is a good show like i think it's a good show but i don't really see there being a need for a whole other season of it would it be ridiculously successful yes i don't know why they haven't done it it still fits I mean, yeah, perfectly it's with on like the table but there's enough goofy moe fluff in there to make everyone love it so it's just it ble- It just gushes money it prints money i don't know why they haven't made a sequel
0: I'm gonna remain with my very strong opinion since both the movie of you guys. Was, the are, movie
2: was bad. I, no I, I was a three hour movie. No, I agree Kill with me. you. I
1: agree with you. I, I think it's I think Yay. it needs to disappear. <laughs>
2: alright, very alright, okay. Little sick patient. Would you like to read the third mailbag question?
0: Okay. Are you talking if you do,
2: wife? I'll get you I'll get you an ice cream.
0: I want an ice cream. This is episode
2: 180 of The Infirmary. Mitsuki's
1: being really creepy. I don't like that voice.
0: Godspeed writes, I would like to know if, in your stay in Japan, have you ever come across any tokusatsu, live action drama with a sci-fi, fantasy, or horror theme, usually featuring superheroes and aimed at children? There are some pretty good shows out there that remind me a lot of anime. Common Rider, Forzue, a, I think, and Makai Senki Garo, etc.
2: Someone actually sent me—I think it was a PM. Somebody sent me a PM and wanted to know if I had watched this. It was Common Rider Wizard. Yeah. So, I, so I watched it last night, and it was pretty good.
1: I watched uh, I watched a little bit of of uh, Commanditer Double Zero, I think it was. called. How many of them are there? Oh my god, dude!
2: Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it. I'm gonna look it up.
0: I haven't seen any of these. Zero, none.
2: You you can't like
1: like the question is: Have we run into them? And you can't really exist here without well, running yeah. into them. Yeah. Okay. Because they're everywhere.
0: I have seen like the stuff. I've I've seen, you know, my kids have lunch boxes or cups or whatever with Mm. with that kind of thing on them but i've never i've never watched them
1: so of course like many people of our generation um we watched uh, probably all of you probably watched a super sentai show when you were kids in the states rangers i didn't watch that the mighty morphin not morphing mind you morphin
0: the pink ranger was my hero
1: (laughs) Rangers. But that's that was actually based on a show called Kyoryu Sentai Zyuranger in Japan and uh lots of people know this this story. Mr uh what's his name? The the guy that has that production company in the states Saiban, is that what it is? Or Saban. I think that's what it is, Saban. He uh took the show from Japan and cut out all of the live action stuff without the costumes on recast white people and a black person and an Asian person.
2: <laughs> Didn't one of those people go to go to our college?
0: Yeah, I think the Green Ranger.
1: The Green Ranger, uh, Jason David. What's his Jason David Frank? He's a MMO M- 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 o? M- M- M-M-A, MMA fighter now. <laughs> yeah, he's an MMO fighter now. He gets on World of Warcraft all the time.
2: He's probably making a lot more money for doing MMA than he did doing Power Rangers. He's
1: he is making an appearance, or maybe he already did on Power Rangers again, because it's like the twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary of the original show, so they brought him back. as Is That
2: show still Green running. Member. Yeah. What yeah, it's on like a bunch
0: of incarnations. Yeah,
1: yeah, they they just keep bringing it over from Japan and doing the same thing they always have. That's pretty cool though. But anyway, yeah, um, I'm not way into that stuff, and I don't think you guys are either. But of course, we
2: run I'm into not, it. I'm not, but I enjoyed Wizard, and I try, I actually see. I actually tried to find episode two, but I because I couldn't find it in five <laughs> seconds, I gave up. <laughs> so, I want to talk about something that happened yesterday for a few minutes, just just a couple minutes. Okay. Yesterday was Undokai. In Japan. Mitsugi!
0: What's Undokai?
2: That's what I was. You, what, you stole it from
0: no, me. No, I was helping you.
2: Alright, thanks. Undokai is a compound kanji that comes <laughs> from the word undo, meaning to exercise, and kai, which I think is a kanji that is used to represent a lot of different events and tournaments and things like that. Taikai. You know, etc. B- budokai. Generally, it means a gathering. An event. Dragon gathering. Ball yeah.
0: Kai. Yeah.
2: I mean, the kanji actually is the same kanji that means to meet. Yeah. So. And Undokai is Sports Day. It's Sports Festival in Japan. One of the two biggest events that we see in many high school-based anime. Sports Day and culture festivals. And you can get a a pretty good look at Sports Day, for about one episode if you watch Azumanga. There's an episode on Sports Day in Azumanga. But sports day for me was, I was at one of my schools, there's 600 kids, and it's a huge collection of basically track and field events where the, the entire student body is divided into the red team and the white team, and they compete against each other very competitively because Japanese people are very competitive, and the winning team gets like a trophy. And so they have events like Pirates of Karibito, which is... A technical term, according to my one of my teachers, that's meant to just represent an event in undokai where they basically have to run off the starting line, pick up a pick up a piece of paper on the ground that has a description of a person on it, find that person in the crowd, and then run a three-legged race with them to the finish line. And one of them said, that "Sounds awesome." <laughs> one of them just said, "You know, Mitsugi Sensei," and. He knew where I was immediately because I was sitting right in the front in my, in my in my pink polo shirt that all the teachers had to wear, wearing my mirrored, reflective uh, blue and purple sunglasses, mm-hmm. and I stand out like a like you wouldn't believe. Of course. And so he found me immediately, and because I could I could have I probably could have picked this kid up, carried him, and still beat everybody else, and so we just destroyed everybody else and won and won That's by awesome. like I don't know five seconds or something ridiculous. But then they have events like, um they have like a gigantic ball and they have to throw it up in the air and move it around. And uh, just a lot of like hundred meter dash and ra- other things like that. So
1: some of the things that I remember from the Azumanga Dio episode of, about sports day is them, them doing some events that seemed kind of dangerous for students to be doing, like hopping over that big, whatever it is like there. It's like a big stack of like a pommel horse. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. We
2: didn't, we didn't do that did you yesterday. See anything
1: like that, did you see any events that, that you saw in Ozmanga?
2: I have seen that exact thing you're talking about mm. because the schools have it in their storage cubby in the oh, uh, yeah. in the gym, but there was no event like that. They did do some gymnastic type things during like the intermission show where they basically make the kids do like slave labor and <laughs> make them perform like 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 monkeys. Wonderful. <laughs> Man, building giant human pyramids and whatever, but I think it's really meant to like build teamwork and. Um, collectivism between the student body, groupthink. Groupthink. <laughs> Japan is all about that. Yep. Oh, one more point. In, J- in, a, in a typical Japan fashion, they did the most impressive job of making the beginning of Indokai suffocatingly stiff and boring with speeches. Of course, it's like every single public official in the entire region had to come in and give a speech. And it wasn't just like. Of course. It's w-
1: Japan. Everything's a ceremony here.
2: It was the same speech every time. Do your best till the very end. You know, Saigo Made, Gaganbari Mas, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, oh, e tanki this The weather's really nice. And, and when I was a kid, oh, I amoy das. Making me like, have good memories of my <laughs> Chinatsukashi childhood. And so, everybody just has the same speech, but there were like seven people. And I counted, it took 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And Redonk, we're and We're outside. We're outside in like beach d- beach level direct sunlight. And these kids are standing out there baking. You look like you got a little sunburn, man. Oh, I did because I was out there for eight hours. <laughs> but Undokai was fun. And if any of you come to Japan and work in, a, in public school, I recommend that you do attend Budokai uh, Budo <laughs> <laughs> Budo because it's really a nice experience. Well, I want to see
1: elementary school Budokai.
2: <laughs> it's a cultural experience I shall never forget.
1: That's great. Uh, everybody, please don't forget that our new broadcast time is 9.30 p.m. EST, 10.30 JST, if you happen to be in Japan with us. But right now we're going to be taking an anime news break, and when we come back we'll be talking about the geekiest places in Japan. So I hope you're ready for it. Yeah,
2: get your pens and paper out. Time to take notes. That's right.
1: So uh, we'll be back and see you on the other side.
0: out there, This is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. First up, Andersen, the new Otome brand spin-off from the anime brand Prime Time, has recently posted a video to announce its next anime project. The video reveals that its next project will be based on Little Cheese's Trick or Anne Alice, romance game for female players. The Otomo's Otomo's Game story follows Arisa Minase, a cheerful, gentle girl who lives peacefully with her kind parent's older brother and who has a lot of friends. It starts on the night before her birthday, where she is eating cake with her brother as the clock strikes midnight. At that exact moment, suddenly the ground opens and she's taken to Wonderland, where its inhabitants resemble people in her own world and call her Alice. She lives the same day in Wonderland, over and over and over. The original adults-only adventure game shipped for Windows computers last August, so it'll be interesting to see if this adaptation can retain some originality or if it's just, you know, fanservice-y goodness. In other news, the anime Suisei no Gargantia is getting an official spin-off manga from Enterbrain's Famisu Comic Clear website. It will launch on June 7th, and unsurprisingly, the character that will center around the spin-off manga is the character with the biggest hits and the shortest shorts. The manga is titled Gargantia on the Veranda's Planet, Mizuhana no Bellows, The Headwaters Bellows, and it's based on the story on the anime's Oceanus Calibration with Hirooki Uchida. It will use original character designs by Hanaharu Naruko under the supervision of Production IG. It'll tell the story of Salvager Bellows before she messed the rest of the Gargantia cla- cast and pluck Leto's chamber from the ocean. It will show the origins of her aspirations to become a salvager. So if you're a fan of this anime, this is going to probably end up being a must-read backstory of one of the main characters. Another news, for those of you who are fans of anime now with hot pants, you probably will also like your video games now with hot fans as well. Namco, Namco Bandai Games has begun streaming a promotional video this past week for Vivid Red Operation Hyper Intimate Power, a PlayStation 3 game inspired by the recent anime. The video describes the game's action and conversation modes. When players clear certain stages, they're able to get a special image. So, if you're a fan of the series, this might be one anime game worth importing. And finally, The Japanese government is at it again, arguing over child porn. The Japan Animation Creators Association has recently posted a statement to the bill containing a proposed new revision to the country's current child pornography laws. The JANICA notes that there would be a very high risk of the decline of the animation culture if the revision is passed, and it would also seriously restrict freedom of expression. What do you think about this? Why don't we discuss it on the forums? This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon.
3: Hi there! This is Vic Mignana, the voice of Edward Elric and Tamaki Suo, and lots of fun guys. And I am. Yes, I have to admit it. I'm a total anime addict. <laughs>
1: thanks a lot, Vic Mignogna, for that wonderful uh, ramp into this next segment. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome! Vic just stopped by. That was my Vic voice.
2: (laughs) Vic just stopped by for a few minutes. Yeah, for two (laughs) seconds in Japan
1: and he's already on the plane going back to wherever the hell he comes from.
0: It wouldn't surprise me. I swear that man has a teleporter because I swear he's at the same he's at two conventions every weekend. Like, how do you do this?
1: So today... Our main topic: We are talking about the geekiest places in Japan. So this will kind of serve as a uh, kind of a travel guide. Might help you hit those hot spots if you're a geek and you just want to see really geeky stuff, and you want to come to Japan, and that's your that's what you want your experience to be. Then this this is your roadmap.
0: And I don't know, I don't know how what y- you guys focused it on what you added to our list, but I know for the things that I la- added. Of course, being an anime podcast, I added things that were mostly anime geekdom related and not as much um, video games or anything like that.
1: I added some video game type stuff on here. That's cool.
2: Um, but yeah, I, I almost added Sega World. So before we start, I do want to say that because we have sixteen places on the li- on this list, and I, and I'm, I just looked at the I just looked at the start of the list, and I'm, and there are a couple items on there that could take a long time. So I think we should really try to, like, set like a time limit per per location. Okay. Maybe like five minutes per place.
1: Sure. Well, I, I think it probably won't take as long on the ones that we haven't been to, which for me is is most of these. I haven't been to most of these places.
2: But. Well, we'll see. Okay. You want to hmm. kick it off? Let's do it. So so, get your paper and pencil out so when you come to Japan. And maybe we can, if we know, we'll tell you how, how expensive these places are. Yeah. And just
0: so you know also, this is going to be posted with the episode posting on our site. So if you don't have a paper and pencil ready, you can look on our website, aapodcast.com, when the episode's up.
1: So at, right at the top of the list, we have to just get this out of the way. The Holy Grail. The, the maybe, Holy Grail maybe. of geeky places, the Ghibli Museum or the, their their technical name I believe is uh Mitaka no Mori Ghibli Bijutsukan which is uh, the the area yeah. that it's in Mitaka's Ghibli uh Art Museum
2: It's not really an yeah Bijutsukan but that's not really an art museum I
1: know it's kind of strange isn't it it's yeah but anyway whatever It's uh, it is isn't in,
2: more of a Hakubutsukan
1: Hakubutsukan is like a history museum or a mm. or, well it's or more it's culture culture Well there's a lot more
2: history of animation there than there is art well, I guess mm-hmm. there's a lot of art too. Whatever. Yeah,
1: there's there, there's a bunch of stuff. You walk in that place and you turn into a ten year old child and just go. <laughs> oh,
2: speaking of that,
0: I wish I turned into a ten year old child because then I would be able to play in the cap bus.
2: You can now. You can now go in the cap bus. They changed the rule.
1: Oh yeah. There's a well. They they built a new one for adults. Oh, they did. It's a but it was temporary. They already took it down.
2: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. So for, so just to start, we are we we mentioned this in a prior episode also, but. You ha- if you live in America, you cannot buy your tickets in Japan. You have to get your tickets from travel agency. That's right. So, if you Google it, it's pretty easy to find the travel agency. It's I think it's like JB USA. They're based out of New York. The, the tickets are going to cost you four times as much money. Yep. And with the shipping and everything and the processing, but it's totally worth it. So, go on Google and find the tickets and it does take like a month to get them. It so. does,
1: but one thing that you can do is that if, if your stay in Japan, if you happen to come over to Japan and you don't have tickets for, for the Ghibli Museum, technically you're supposed to buy tickets a month out from when you go to the museum, but what you can do is if you know when the cutoff for the next month is, if you buy your tickets at the last minute, you can actually buy your ticket and be at the museum like within two weeks, I think, of the ticket purchase. That's, that's as close as you can get, but you have to really time it right. So if you come to Japan and you stay for more than two weeks, then you know, you can get it here. And that's that's one of the great things about the Ghibli Museum is the ticket prices are ridiculously low. For an yeah, adult. They are really low. It's like 1,000 yen about 10 bucks
2: and, and and your ticket and your admission ticket also includes a one time viewing of whatever movie they're showing in the theater, in the museum mm-hmm. Like in a which door. are always
0: exclusives mm-hmm.
2: oh, it, you'll never see them anywhere else you're not even going to find them on YouTube or Google really it's and almost impossible Yeah. I did have a recorded full length recorded copy of May and the Kitten Bus but I lost it that's too bad
1: I, I've seen one uh, I've seen May and the Kitten Bus on YouTube but it's really crappy because someone's like holding it
2: like way down next to their waist yeah of course this will toss you out of there but yeah. this is actually a great time to go to the Ghibli Museum because they have a lot of different rooms dedicated to, to all the different movies. And of course they have like beautiful stained glass windows for half the shows and my favorite is the one with Tato. Oh yeah. And then they have the then they have the castle in the sky robot on the roof and mm-hmm. they have the Porco Rosso cafe. But
1: and the big fan the the Nalska,
2: looks like the the Nalska, what is
1: it? Uh, glider, the glider blades. Yeah, that makes a big fan at the top of the, the, the center, the atrium.
2: But in this, this summer, they are releasing the new movie. That's and right. And you know there's going to be some kind of an exhibit dedicated to that movie at the museum. So a few months after the movie releases, you might get to see something actually pretty new and special at the, at the museum if mm-hmm. should you go maybe in September. Mm-hmm.
0: This museum, uh, the location is Mitaka in Tokyo Prefecture. It's about one hour out from Tokyo City proper by train um, and then like a five-minute bus ride.
2: I, and just just to say just 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 to throw it out there, I think that if you're coming to Japan and you have a limited budget, which most people do, and you want to see as much as you can, the place to get the and the bulk of this geeky stuff truly is Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff in like Kobe and Osaka, but you'll get them. You'll get eighty percent of it just being in Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> uh,
1: but yeah, I think. Unless you guys have something else to say about Ghibli Museum, we can...
0: Uh, well, speaking of Tokyo, probably the mecca for anime fans and geekdom is Akihabara. Of or, as called by the locals, Akiba. Mm-hmm. Um Because it's just... It's where everything happens. There are giant anime billboards. There are eight-story arcades with Gundam... F- entire floors of Gundam games. There are anime stores out the wazoo there are Evangelion themed pachinko parlors it's it's on and on and on and on and on
2: I actually want to skip Akihabara because it's just too much
1: there's just I mean there we we, we mentioned stuff like specific locations that are in Akiba, so
2: yeah we'll just mention if, if you go back to hentai episode 2 which I specifically remember we recorded <laughs> we've come so far in, in three years <laughs> so now na- right now we're sitting in an actual studio with foam on the walls Well, we need more foam, but foam on the walls, four laptops, mixer mics, the whole works. I specifically remember when we recorded this Hentai Episode 2, it was on the floor of a dormitory room with a laptop. That's it. A, AAA confession right there. What? I
0: think we had, I think we had a webcam mic, maybe? (laughs) We did,
2: I think so. Classy. (laughs) But Hentai Episode 2 is the place that has a lot of information about that, about Akiba, but... You want to mention a couple places?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, a lot of the, the places on this list are just inside Akiba. Yeah, okay, well
2: we can cover them individually.
0: Of course, Akiba has maid cafes and butler cafes as a general note. Oh. Lots
2: of cafes. And, and, and you won't miss them because there's cute girls on the street everywhere trying to get you to go out up to them. Flyers
1: and things, but don't pull out your camera in front of them. Yep. They'll run away and hide.
2: Yeah, they won't let you take pictures. Yep. And don't be an asshole.
1: Yeah, please don't. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that's inside Akiba is actually the Gundam Cafe, um, which was the first the first location of the Gundam Cafe. I believe there's actually two more locations now.
2: There's one in Diver City.
1: That's right, Odaiba, which we'll get to when we mention Gundam yeah, Front. So worth it.
0: But I think the original cafe is the best to go to. I agree. Um, the other cafe is kind of like a juice bar and gift shop. I feel like mm, where the original like cafe, quick service, yeah, yeah, you can sit down and there's a full menu and you get a full a full food menu and drink menu and dessert menu and the toilets are awesome
1: it's it's a good experience to see it but i've been there a couple times and i'm not impressed with the food and I'm the toilets. I, I was impressed um, with the toilet yeah the toilet's great but like the stuff they actually serve i don't think is very good
2: so people listening are like what the hell the toilet
1: yeah the, the bathroom is amazing
2: it's like the inside of a gundam it's, yeah it's, 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 it's so really cool
1: uh and of course there's a gift shop so you can spend more money with like a beam saber umbrella, it's pretty cool.
2: Oh, yeah, we we bought some stuff for the for our friends over at Gundam and MHQ at the gift shop. That's right. We brought it back That's for right them. we did.
1: Very cool. Um, other things that are inside Akiba. Well, of course the Madoka Cafe.
0: Have you been to this yet, Kram? I've not. I have not either. I want to have go. you not been to this I,
1: yet? I, I don't know. It's just like, like I know it. Cuban I know it exists, but I in curry. I know. I I know it exists. It just kind of. I forget about it and then when it gets mentioned I'm like, "Oh, I need to go to that place because I love Madoka." And then I don't go. But Yeah, so do you guys know anything about this place?
0: I've I've seen pictures of it and pictures of the menu and it pretty much looks really all of these cafes here's what to expect. The decor to be in line with the anime. there to probably to be one or two original somethings, you know, mm. like an original autographed poster or an original sell or something that the franchise has given you know to to make it even more special um obviously normally a gift shop and then all of the food is in shapes that will resemble the anime that's really what to expect when going to these cafes um the waiters in cosplay i the gundam cafe doesn't really do that Mm. Of course, they have, like, uniforms that are Gundam-esque. Yeah. I don't think the Madoka Cafe does, but I heard that the Tiger and Bunny Cafe did.
1: Where is the Tiger and Bunny Cafe? I'm
0: pretty sure it's in Akiba also, but I feel like it was a limited edition thing, and now it's not running anymore.
1: Well, actually, speaking of limited edition cafes, uh, the Dragon Quest Cafe, Luida's Bar was used to be in Akihabara and it
2: was a it was a
1: temporary thing. And then they opened up a permanent one in Dopongi. So you can actually go there now. Um I've been there once. It was a very, very rainy day. Um and the waitress was very cute and very nice to me and my friend that I was with. Uh and I ordered a beer and I ordered a little uh, slime Nikuman which is like a meat filled steam bun. Um but yeah it's it's really it's really kind of awesome this place. It looks like kind of a medieval tavern But, of course, there's Dragon Quest figures everywhere and, like, paintings on the wall of of different, like, scenes in Dragon Quest. And then even, like, mounted on the wall are replicas of weapons from the Dragon Quest series. It's very cool. That's
0: cool. But, um...
1: Go ahead.
2: I I think that we should, the three of us, take a... Do a anime game game theme tour cafe tour in tokyo because there's a lot of them we haven't hit i haven't i have not been to the tiger money cafe i haven't either i haven't been to the madoka cafe Mm. haven't been to the um to the dragon quest cafe Mm. there's also a one piece cafe haven't been there that's right yeah so i mean and these places are cheap they're all in tokyo
0: i also have another cafe to add to the list while we're talking about cafes in akiba woo surprise uh, there's a Good Smile Cafe, where if you can't pick just one anime theme to go with, the Good Smile Cafe is a cafe put on by the Good Smile uh, Company, which is a figure company. And it's a general anime theme cafe, of course, with anime that the Good Smile Company has done figures with. But there's a bunch of figures and posters and promos from just a bunch of anime. So it's not like a Gundam Cafe where everything's Gundam, but... It's a general kind of anime cafe, so I think that would be fun to go to too. Uh,
1: so one of the one of the places that is, I think we've kind of exhausted all of the Akiba locations.
0: I
2: mean, the rest of Akiba is just the uh, the ooh and awe ah of how much anime stuff there is everywhere. Yeah. Massive anime billboards, anime anime cars. you're, yeah. you're, you're crazy to see, stuff, man. You're bound to see some crazy people that have like turned their car into like a. It looks like a Gundam or some shit.
0: I'll never forget one time I rounded a corner and it was a grand opening of some, some store and they had Haruhi Suzumiya, you know, a cosplayer, promoting it on a stage.
1: Yeah. I, um... You know, the first time I went went there, I was just like, you know, in awe of all of the awesome, like the lights and the billboards and the colors and the sounds and everything. And the smells even, the smells are not so good. For whatever reason, Akiba smells like doo-doo all the it's time. A,
2: it's a little dirtier than the other areas. Yeah.
0: It's con-funk.
1: It, it is. It's permanent con-funk.
2: It's permanent. There are a lot of foreigners in Akiba. Yes, that's maybe true. Maybe that's why there's more trash and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, Maybe.
1: But uh, I'm I'm kind of used to it now like I'm I'm I know what it's all about and when I go there you know i have p- usually got a purpose I'm going to Super Potato to get some retro games or whatever. Uh, but when I took my parents to Akiba they were just like they ex- and they're, they're not even geeks like my parents don't don't care about any of that kind of stuff like anime or games or anything. But they experienced something kind of similar to my first time where they just walked onto Chuo Odori, you know, the main stretch, and they were like, This is like sensory overload. It's crazy. Oh,
2: yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and, and going, it's an experience just to be there. And going into the arcades is sensory overload. Yeah. They're so noisy and there's so much <laughs> shit crazy. going on that you're just like completely over, overwhelmed, but then in somewhat of a state of confusion, not mm-hmm. knowing what to do.
1: Yeah. But it's uh, it's great. But, you know, if, if you want something to a little bit toned down, uh, there is a place that has become more and more popular over the years, um, and it's often referred to as the new Akiba, and this place is called uh, Nakano Broadway. Now, it's it's in an area of Tokyo called Nakano, which is about halfway between Shinjuku and Mitaka, where the Ghibli Museum is. Hey, have you been to this place? Yeah, I have a few times. Oh, I haven't been there. Um, is it worth going to? Oh, definitely. It's a, It's a large indoor shopping center, and all it has is like, tons and tons and tons of stores like individual stores stores that sell manga and DVDs, figures cosplay model kits and every manner of otaku related goods you can imagine not broadway not broadway
2: man we should take like a di- we should take like a day and just go do a big tour of a bunch of these places to-
1: just a just a Tokyo geek day
2: they're all like one train stop away yeah.
1: yeah and and the vast majority of the things on this list are in Tokyo and I guess we should probably exhaust those first and then talk about some of the ones that are yeah. well, more off say, the beaten path.
0: Speaking of Tokyo um, and the, the place that you just mentioned, Craig, made me think of this, but there's a place called Namja Town in Sun, Sunshine City, which is this huge building in Ikebukuro, Tokyo. And also in Sunshine City is the Gyoza Museum and a, the Ice Cream Museum. So if you want to get some good eaten while you're there, you but can do it's that. it's closed
2: right now for renovations, right? It mm-hmm. is.
0: Um, it's closed right now for renovations, but it's going to open up on July 11th. And one of the things that they're adding to Namja Town, Namja Town is an indoor theme park created by Namco Games. And they're adding sections dedicated to One Piece, Dragon Ball, and Naruto for I the be- renovations. I believe
1: they also have a jump shop in there. And for those of you who don't know what a jump shop is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's shonen jump related goods. Yeah, tons of yeah. Yeah,
2: but they're hunter, 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 and that's actually Kuro a chain.
1: So you can you can find jump shops in Tokyo and Osaka and you know all the way up and Ho- I think there's one in Hokkaido too. So.
2: Uh, Nelly 1876 in the chat asked, do stores in Japan sell anime that have been dubbed or just original releases? And I th- <sighs> think you'll struggle to find a dub.
1: You yeah you'll you'll struggle to find a dub unless it's an older title that's getting some kind of special release so so for example the Ghibli Blu-rays that are of older titles have the English dubs on them
2: yeah okay so but um, I think normal like typical stuff not yeah not it's not too common
0: to me I feel like that would be like someone looking for I don't know an American show with French on it or yeah. German or something in America where I mean, maybe you could get your hands on it somewhere, but there's just no real demand for it.
2: Also, anime, like a DVD in Japan is going to cost you like three times what it does in the States. You won't yeah. believe it. You will not believe it. You'll find like a regular DVD of Tales from Earthsea and it'll be like 80 bucks. It's crazy. And it's, crazy. Just, and I mean, it's like CDs are
1: expensive too here. Like it's, it's
2: really nuts. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, Heavenly Panda from the chat asks if, if it's looked down upon going into an anime store being an otaku because of the stigma. And I will say... My opinion is that with certain people they will be like, "Oh, you went to Akiba? Yeah, why?
1: I I think so, but like I, I think that the people that would see you walking into those kind of stores that would judge you in that way wouldn't be in the area to begin with. Like they wouldn't be where they would yeah, see you. Yeah, I was going to say
0: it's like it's like going into a porn store. You, right. you can't you can't be embarrassed cuz everyone else is there who's going to see you exactly. is there for the same thing. So it's like you know, yeah, it might feel embarrassing until you stop and think, "Hey, they're buying their smut too."
1: There, is, there is a, still kind of a stigma behind uh, otakuism, if if I can make up a word.
0: Oh, it's a
2: huge stigma because everybody everybody remembers all the crimes that have been committed that uh, have been misplaced. We, we've talked onto, about that too many yeah, times. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I think that also recently there has been a bit more of the Western like individualism uh, ideals that have had have come to Japan. Because the idea of being an otaku these days, I've met several otaku that are proud to call themselves otaku, which is something that wouldn't be the case, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when the term was first being used to describe someone who doesn't have a life and spends all their time and money on
2: toys and games. All right, two more quick questions, and then, and then let's move on. Okay. you Anarchy from the chat asks, it, the ice cream that you mentioned in the ice cream museum, do they have weird flavors like liver? Yes, they do. They have weird flavors course have you been there i haven't but i've seen liver flavored ice cream elsewhere so i'm assuming the, i'm assuming the li- i'm assuming the ice cream the ice cream museum the holy grail and mecca of ice cream probably has the same flavors as some random little pissant shop also wh- last question uh Nenele 1876 asks if uh Akiba was kind of known for electronics in general from somewhere he heard, they heard that the answer is yes
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you need anything electronics, you can find it in Akiba. It's
1: kind of been, the the electronic stuff has kind of been relegated to this little alley, this, like, T-shaped alley that you have to duck through. Like, it's really, really small. these little tiny stalls where guys are selling, like, components and and diodes and little wires and things like that. Shouting Uh, at you with megaphones. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay, so what's next, uh, Cram?
1: Uh, How about Gundam Front? Gundam Front is in Daiba. And it is home to, as far as I know, the world's only one-to-one scale model replica of the RX-78 Gundam from the Seminole.
0: Uh, well, it better be the world's only because I can't see any other country making a one-to-one <laughs> scale Gundam. Right, than Japan.
1: <laughs> right.
2: That thing is huge.
1: Yeah, it's it's so like you see you can see pictures of it and be like, oh, that's so cool, but you you don't understand how powerful it feels until you're right there in front of it. You feel so small. I know, it's crazy. I mean... It's, it's really impressive.
2: It's like, if you were if you, if you you were in an anime, and you were one of those people that, like, has a like Gundam land right in front of you, and, you know, you scream and run away, of course. But I can't imagine... It would, it would land in front of you. First of all, the earth would shake. Yeah. Second of all, the flames coming out of the back of it would barbecue you, mm. and you would just be an awestruck of terror as this massive thing where you're about the size of its fingernail you know just lands in front of you it's
1: the Gundam have fingernails
2: <laughs> whatever no no I
1: get you no, for sure
2: I, I mean I only came up to its ankle
1: yeah <laughs> it's pretty big it's it, it's pretty nuts but like the whole area is kind of Gundam themed because they've got the statue there and then they've got like we mentioned before the quick service Gundam cafe that basically just serves drinks and little snacks it's not a full yeah. cafe
2: and there's a cool gift shop
1: gift shop is very cool selling model kits and all sorts of stuff
0: and it's on a timer every something minutes too I don't, long like yeah 20 or 30 minutes. I only saw it oh did you good yeah um, it
2: moves smoke comes out it plays music and there's like quotes from Gundam playing yeah of course
0: but if you're a fan of mech and or old anime there's actually another live-sized mech in Japan that is worth seeing that many people overlook
2: are we gonna move away from Tokyo
0: well, What's I mean, we can always right. come back. We can always come back to right, Tokyo. Okay. Um, but I think it's a, a logical transition. There is another life-sized one-to-one scale mech of Gigantor, or Tetsujin 28 Nogol, Um by Nagata Station in Kobe City in the Hyogo Prefecture. So now we're in more southern Japan. And this statue is really cool. It doesn't have any moving uh, functions. It's a completely stationary statue. They... They built it to stay in one spot where the Gundam statue has been moved around and can continue to be moved around by my understanding if they so choose. So this this statue isn't going anywhere, and it's it's a photo op. Until I'll the admit. Next but oh.
2: what's that? Until the next earthquake. Oh well, yeah. Kobe, you know, fifty years from now. Wow, well, maybe sooner. I don't know, but it's not as impressive as yeah. The, the end of the world is happening. Gi- so. The 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 Gigantor is not as impressive as the Gundam.
0: No, but if you're in southern Japan and looking for something anime related to do, get some of that uh, Kobe beef and then see a mech.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what you do in Kobe. You have Kobe beef, you see the Gigantor, and you leave. <laughs>
1: come on, there's more to do.
0: There. The art museum's nice.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, the art museum was nice.
1: That's true.
0: And and Kobe Chinatown is okay.
1: What else do we have on this list? Oh, there are some really. Oh, uh, let's go back to cafes and kind of knock them off the list. I, I put two cafes that are video game themed on here. One of them is the 8-bit cafe. It's in Shinjuku. And it's kind of a standard cafe with a twist. Chiptune music plays and kind of classic video game systems and characters kind of occupy every corner. So um, it doubles as kind of a small, like, retro gaming museum and a cafe. But then there's Muteki Mario, which turns it up a notch. So Muteki Mario, which translates as Invincible Mario, is like the 8-bit cafe on steroids. Uh, first of all, it bills itself as a shot bar, which translates as a place where you can get toe up from the flow up. The theme is <laughs> admittedly more focused on the Mario franchise of course but the great vibe and decor makes this place a cut above the rest. It's really cool like the lights hanging from the ceiling are the green Those are both Mario in Shinjuku. tubes. Yeah, both of these places are in Shinjuku.
2: Dude, there's like there's like eight cafes in Tokyo I need yeah, to go it's to. It's nutty. It's nutty.
1: But if you go to a theme bar, theme cafe, you know, theme restaurant, any of these places you are going to get
2: I mean raped. Expensive.
1: Not literally. It's expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's super expensive.
2: Even the Gundam cafe was pretty expensive, I mean.
1: Although if you go to the right theme bar, you might actually get raped.
2: Hmm. Oh yeah. That's t- that's topic for a different <laughs> episode. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're you're going to pay a normal price plus 30 or 40%, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, it's just like some any of these other. places
1: charge a cover like just to walk in the door and see see the inside. But anyway. Let's
2: get back to Daiba. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I mean, daiba has got a lot of stuff going on. Diver City. Diver, Diver City's City got a bunch of it's
1: shopping, cool. but there's of course geeky stuff in there too.
2: There's mostly shopping in Diver City. They have a round one that's not really anime related. Mm. They also have the Sega World. Yeah. Which is it's worth going to. It's um Sega World is like an indoor theme park. They have a couple they have one small roller coaster ride. It's
0: and, a must go to if you're an initial D fan.
2: They have an initial D racing game where not only does See they have I feel like there's different levels of initial is this D. Is
1: Joypolis? Sega Joypolis? Yeah, Sega Joypolis. Sega World is
2: the is the the chain of um Oh, sorry. Not Sega World, centers. Sega Joypolis. Yeah. Joypolis in 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 Odaiba. Yeah. So there's like different levels of Initial D. You have the Initial D game you have you have at home. You have the arcade game that you play in just a random arcade where you sit in the bucket seats. Then you have the Initial D game at Joypolis where you sit inside of, a, of an actual full-size vehicle and the vehicle moves with the with the screen while you're racing. So it feels like you're inside the car. It's like so you drift and the whole car shifts.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I've never it's, been like, here. It's crazy, dude. You guys went once, I think.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, that place has, oh, um, you know, all kinds of Hatsune Miku because obviously it's Sega. Don't they
1: have a Yukten Saiban game or a, um, a Phoenix Wright game? Yes. Or something? They or have some a kind Phoenix Wright,
0: like, interactive thing where you can sit in a courtroom. What? See... <laughs>
2: what? Objection!
1: Yachty!
0: But my favorite when I went there, and this is, I don't know, maybe it's geeky in the sense that it's J-horror. i It's a stretch, but they had a um, ring, one of the new ring incarnation movies with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Sadako, and that thing was scary.
1: Sadako? You mean Samara?
0: That one. <laughs> but... Um, and she chased you through basically a horror house and a horror house? horror.
1: <laughs> Best little horror house in Tokyo.
0: <laughs> but uh Chiaki got really scared because this it's not like it's not like the horror houses in in the scare houses at like Universal or something where the people like stay like a good two feet away from you because if they touch you, you know, you're gonna sue them. Like This girl was, like, running straight, full force, like, within inches of me doing, like, (laughs) grabby motions. I'm like, no!
1: Go away! That's awful. That's one great thing about stuff like that in Japan, just as an aside, is that no one's afraid of getting sued here. So, like, they will touch you. And they will scare the shit out of you, and they don't care. That's
2: great.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I actually think she might have touched me. It's more fun for everybody,
2: though, because... When everything has to be kid gloves because you don't want to get sued, nobody can have fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not suing her. I was running away from her.
2: Touch me more, baby. Let's do a she blitz through. You know she was probably hot. Oh, yeah. Under the under, under all the
0: that makeup.
1: makeup and greasy-ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should do a blitz through some of these museums. Of course, we mentioned uh, Ghibli Museum at the top, but there are lots of other very, very geeky museums all over Japan, really. um wants to start us off, just mention one.
0: Well, there's a Kyoto International Manga Museum, which I've seen and I wanted to go to, but it was a holiday when I went there. But that's in Kyoto City, Kyoto Prefecture. Um And Kyoto is a great place. If you're traveling Japan, you're probably going to have a stop in Kyoto because there's just so much to see in Kyoto. There's just a ton. And... Even if you're doing a tour, you might get some free time and this is a place that would be worth visiting if you want to cross off something geeky. And it's basically a manga museum, but the thing that it boasts, the biggest thing is its publication collection that has over 50,000 manga publications from the 1970s to today.
1: Damn. Damn, that's a lot of manga. Damn, that's a lot. (laughs) Uh, of course, there is uh, the the Bandai Museum, uh, which I think a lot of people have heard of. It's actually up in Sugagun Tochigi Prefecture, which is like northwest uh, of where we are. Uh, it would take us probably two or three hours to get up there, um, but it's a toy museum, and it's divided into five kind of unique areas there's uh, the Japan Toy Museum for old Japanese toys the World Toy Museum for international toys the Edison Museum for world innovations the Hobby Museum for models and DIY projects and then the play area for a hands on experience with some old toys from all over the world
2: Um, I like toys
1: yeah I do too I would really like to go there I think they need to add a sex toys
2: area they definitely should Mm -hmm. some dildos (laughs) (laughs) I knew that's where you were going have you mentioned the uh Takurazuka yet? Mm mm. So in Takurazuka Hyogo, which is I think near that's near Kyoto, I think.
0: Uh, it's it's Kyogo is closer to uh Kobe.
2: Closer to Kobe. Osam is the Osamu Tezuka Museum. And so a lot like the Jibi Museum in Tokyo, there is a Tezuka themed museum that is multi floored and has a small theater where you can see, you know, small Have you been here? Yes. Oh you have small cool. Tezuka productions and of course there's a gift shop that has tons of stuff and life-sized t- statues of Tezuka and you can see like his hat and cane yeah. his real hat and cane that he used and you know just tons of random themed rooms that have like shots from, from the from different anime and then there's like a gigantic area where you can just sit and read manga
1: many many shrines to worship
2: the it's, god of manga yeah, yeah basically
0: it really it really is uh, a worthwhile thing to go to and It's a little bit of a day trip because you kind of have to head toward Kobe and then you literally get on, like, a Takarazuka train line to get out there. So it can be a a little bit of a day trip, but right by the museum is the Takarazuka Theater, which is a really exciting cultural thing to do in Japan, and it's also something that greatly uh, influenced Tezuka and his work. So you can hit the museum and then walk to the theater and catch a show, which if you have the money to do would be great.
1: There's another museum on here that I I didn't actually put on here, the the, the, the Mizuki,
0: Hmm. what is this about? Mizuki Shigeru is- Teach (laughs) Michiaki. Mizuki Shigeru is arguably one of the founders of horror anime genres because he was the creator um, of Gegege no Kitaro and a number of other original type horror-esque anime and this is located in sakai minato Tori. um and it's kind of up and west a little bit from kobe so it's it's kind of out there um of course it's located i believe where he lived so that's why it's there But there's a street leading up to a museum, and the entire street is lined with Gegege Okitoro characters cast in bronze. And you can touch them, and you can pose with them. And then, of course, there's a ton of shops that sell all kinds of merchandise that is Mizuki Shigeru merchandise. And the museum itself has... It's it's a really rather interesting museum because Shigeru had this kind of... um, love with all of like the oni and old world japan and so it's kind of an interesting presentation of culture meets anime manga to present his work but i i have to put it on here because i feel like mizuki shigeru is greatly underappreciated and he was a badass because I don't know if you know the story Cram. I've mentioned it before on the show, but I'll mention it again. Hmm. This man fought in the war, lost his right hand, which was his art hand, and learned to draw with his left hand.
1: What?
0: And that's the hand he created all of his well-known manga with.
1: Well, at, at least now we know who the Chuck Norris of the anime world is.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's excellent. Um, you know, s- something that I, I, it's, it, I actually didn't write it on this list, but I just want to mention is that, some of the geekiest places that you might be able to find in Japan are are simply you can simply find with a Google search. So if you think of uh, you know an anime that's about a particular place in Tokyo, chances are you can find that place in Tokyo, and it's based on like literally based on actual locations and actual shops and you know things like that. I know yeah, absolutely like uh, from uh, Princess Jellyfish, the place where they live, the Amamizukan, is based on an actual an uh, actual apartment building. Um, the whole location for Arakawa Under the Bridge. Like, you can find where that whole anime takes place.
0: Chihayafuru has the kar- Karuta Shrine, that mm-hmm. is, of course, real because that's where Karuta competitions mm-hmm. happen. And let's face it, also in Tokyo, as you mentioned, because Tokyo has a bunch, Tokyo University. Yeah. How many anime characters? It's their dream to go to Tokyo U. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I think that's one thing that's really cool about anime is that if it's set in the real world then they often use real world locations and the attention to detail, like recreating the actual locations is, is often really impressive. And if you're familiar with the source material, going to those places in real life will just seem like, you know, or very nostalgic,
0: (laughs) very, very, very popular now. And right in our backyard, JAXA. Yeah. With space brothers. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah. I was just going to talk about some different places that are a train ride away from Tokyo and then a little bit further. One of them is JAXA, it's in Nibaraki, which is near where, where we live, where we're based, and you can get there in about an hour from Tokyo, heading north on a train. And Actually,
0: it's a direct shot from Akiba, so... Yeah, it's
2: not very... Well, there you go, you go to Akiba, get your geek on, then get on the train and go have a tour of JAXA, which is, you know, the site of a lot of the action that takes place in Space Brothers, the currently running anime, and of course it's just cool in general, you have like the giant rocket laying on its side uh, out in the... Out in front of the building. They also and,
1: have the standing one up in Scuba Center.
2: Yeah, which is yep. pretty cool. And so, Koopa Kai from the chat had mentioned this earlier, but there's also the life-size Evangelion Unit One bust that is near the foot of Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to see this bust if you. It's basically a life-size cockpit of the AVA Unit, and it's at the Fuji Q Highland, which is. Like I said, near Mount Fuji that has two amusement parks, lots of roller coasters, and attractions that are based on Gundam and other mecha. Which I haven't been there either. Fuji Q Highland. It's I a
0: little.
1: It's a little far. I'm not really a roller coaster kind of guy, and that's what I've always heard about
2: that place is it's for people who love roller coasters. Sounds like it's for me. I want to go. So yeah, so you have the Fuji Q Highland. It'll take that'll take you about. Mm, Mount Fuji is probably like two hours from Tokyo. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 west, and also for those of you that have a little extra money in your pocket, there are three bathhouses that claim to be the inspiration for the bathhouse that Miyazaki created for Spirited Away. Now, one of them is like the external of the building. He, he modeled it he modeled the the bathhouse from the anime after the outside of the building. Another one is like the inside of the building. And so you can go to these different places. They're, they're a little far. They're not really near Tokyo. One of them's in Nagano. One of them's in Yamagata. And one of them, the closest one's in Gunma. And they're pretty expensive, though. I mean, you can expect to spend probably 200 to $400 a night at these places. Mm-hmm. But if you are a huge fan of Spirited Away and you want to have a really nice, like, legitimate bathhouse onsen experience where you can stay at the Ryokan, the Japanese-style inn, then this is probably something that you might want to look at if you have the extra money. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually not that expensive compared to other bath houses. They're, they're they're just an, it's just an expensive thing in general. So you're going to pay 200, 200 or 300 bucks a night no matter where you stay. If it's like a legitimate nice place. So cool. So
1: we're we're getting I guess we're getting real close to the end of the list. One thing I did want to mention was the Pokemon Center, um which I believe there are now 5 or 6 in the world. And wow. I've, I've been to three of them. I've been to the one in New York you City. You must love your Pokemon. I do. I've been to the one in... There's actually two in Tokyo. I've been to one of the ones in Tokyo, the one that's near Tokyo Tower. I've been to the Osaka location, and I've been to the one in New York City.
2: What is your favorite t- Pokemon, Cram?
1: Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Kabigom.
2: Can you translate that for people? Snorlax. Snorlax. Oh, yeah. you kind of look like a Snorlax. <laughs> Thank you. Is that a compliment? <laughs> what is your favorite?
0: Charizard.
2: How cliche. Do you know that in Japanese? No. Rizadon. Rizadon. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Pokemon is La
1: Can you please translate that for us? Felatio. Felatio. <laughs> yes, I love La Felatio. That's, that's Felatio in French, right? La
2: Vile Plume. Oh. Yeah. So it's like... Is that really your favorite? It's a pretty fierce fighter if you yeah. win you. When it, poison when plant,
1: it, right? Poison plant type? Yeah, poison I mean, poison it grass put, or whatever. It put
2: you to sleep, paralyze you, poison you, life nice. drain you. Nice. It's pretty, nice. pretty tough. so oh, It also has solar beam, which is a pretty nasty uh, attack. It's pretty epic. So, yeah, so obviously we just listed like 25 places, yeah and you're never going to be able to go to all of them, but if you plan your trip carefully... You can probably hit half of them yeah. in a week or so. And
0: Especially because half of them are in Tokyo. Yeah, so. hit yeah. the
1: Tokyo ones. You'll have a great trip. I, I mean, I think this – if you're a geek and you love this kind of stuff, then plan your trip around these places, and uh, and I think you'll have a really good time.
2: And, of course, there's it a lot of information here, but you can go on the forum. You can go on the website – AAA podcast.com and when the when the episode is posted you can get like an outline of the different locations and Google them to get more information. Absolutely.
1: And if you know of other places in Japan that we have not mentioned, please jump on the forums or uh tweet us on Twitter or get on our Facebook.
0: Or comment on the posts on our site.
1: Yeah. And uh get in touch with us somehow and let us know uh places that we need to know about because whenever we go to places like this, there's lots of places on this list that we haven't been to. Whenever we go, you can expect there's going to be pictures posted to the Facebook and the Twitter and uh, and you'll get to see them. You'll get to see our experience as as it happens. A
2: couple quick questions from the chat. Can you go inside the Gundam cockpit? I'm not
1: I don't. Really sh- I don't think I'm not so. really sure. I'd
2: probably not. Can you? Nelly1876 asks, uh, is the Hanasaki Idoha Inn based after a real inn? And I'm I honestly don't know, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I'm guessing it either. probably is. Probably.
0: Yeah. Artists don't create art in a vacuum, so it, even if it's not. Like this is the in I'm basing it off of the animator, the designer. Someone was thinking of something when they did it.
1: Uh, Anderson Guimaraes nine eight four one asks, "What do they do there at the Pokemon Center? It's it's just a shop, really. But they'll also do like Pokemon events where you can download like rare Pokemon for free. Will they ever store your Pokemon?
2: I don't believe they do that. No. Oh, that's not that's Be- not because cool. you can just do what that in the what game. if my what if my Rafudacia is sick. Then you just go to
1: the game. You go to Durst. What's her name? Nurse Joy. Yeah. I don't know the Japanese name. Pam <laughs> Pam
2: I would totally. I, w- I would.
1: Uh, and also, where are the, all the Pokemon centers located? Well, like I said, there's one in New York City, Osaka. There are two in Tokyo. One that's in the Tokyo Dome, I think, and the other one near uh, Tokyo Tower. I think there's one in Nagoya. And then maybe one up in Hokkaido, I think. Or there might be another international location besides New York City, but I I think that might be the only one. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the topic. We're going to take an anime news break, and when we come back, Chiaki has a review for us. She will be reviewing Neko Morgatari. So uh, stick with us, and we will see you on the other side.
0: All you anime lovers out there, this is Chiaki and this is your Anime News Break. First up, the new season is coming and you know what that means, a slew of new information about new anime. And among that new information are some new promos that are headed toward YouTube. A promotional video has been streamed by Kyoto Animation. The Makoto Tachibana version of the second promotional video for its July television anime free this past week. The video showcases Makoto, the inseparable best friend of the main character Haruka Nanase. He understands Haruka's good points and is often forced to speak as his spokesman. He is very kind and considerate, but is also easily scared and weak-hearted. So are you excited about this show? Discuss on our forums. In other news, it's also that time of year for anime conventions, and we have made a Clue of announcements previously about why you should be heading out to some of North America's largest conventions. Well, the news just keeps coming in. Anime Expo has announced some more exciting guests. Among them is the Japanese rock band Porno Graffiti. They'll be attending the July 4th through 7th event in Los Angeles and will perform at Club Nokia on July 6th tickets to the concert will be available soon. They debuted in 1999 as a duo and performed several theme songs for films including Full Metal Alchemist, Bleach, GTO, Magi, Ghost Slayer's Ayashi, and Bleach the Movie Fade to Black. So a bunch of huge titles that I know will make this a must-see for many congoers. And Anime Expo has announced another guest that is clear that they're listening to the trends of current anime fans. They've announced that they will host Attack on Titan producer George Wada as a guest of honor at the convention. He's a founder and president of Wit Studio, which is the studio in charge of the animation production for Attack on Titan. He also worked on anime such as Guilty Crown, Kimi Nitsudoke, Psycho Pass, Robotics Notes, and Sengoku Kubasada Samurai King, which is a number of num- other titles that even if you're not excited about Attack on Titan, this man is probably someone that you would want to try to meet. And speaking of Attack on Titan, the original anime DVD has been delayed four months. It was announced by the official website that the original video anime has been delayed for the four months. It was scheduled to bundle with the 11th limited, limited edition manga volume on August 9th. To improve the anime's quality, the disc will now come with the 12th edition manga in December. So... You'll have to wait a little longer. And speaking of delays, Australian anime distributor Mad Men Entertainment has announced that its first Blu-ray disc of Cowboy Bebop has been delayed from July 3rd to August 21st. That's a long delay, so sorry all you Aussies out there. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon.
1: My name is Tony Oliver, voice of Arsene Loop on the Third from Loop on the Third, the TV series, and I am an anime addict. Welcome back, one and all, to the 180th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We've got a really great review for you today, brought to you by the beautiful Chia.
3: You really think I'm pretty? You
1: yeah. are like it. You're like a seven, a, a solid seven. You're so nice, but bro. but but your ass is a nine. Ass is a nine. Ass is a nine.
2: That, that ass, you sure are, you sure is pretty.
1: I like that ass on you right there. I like, it, I like it when you walk away.
0: I feel weird now.
1: <laughs> Whatever happened to Queen Vegeta? I like it when you walked away, but I hate to see you go.
0: <laughs> so I am reviewing Neko Monogatari Kudo, or Neko Monogatari Black. The reason why it's called Black is the original release of the manga had the same story told from two perspectives, Neko Monogatari Kudo and Neko Monogatari Shiro. And
1: Racism.
0: And Black is told from uh, the main character, Araragi-kun. And the other one is told from a different character, Hanekawa. And it's the same story, just told from two different perspectives. And they made Black into an OVA. I guess that's what this would be called. OVA miniseries. It's four episodes long. Um, so it is a second prologue to the overall Bakemonogatari series franchise and it takes, this prologue takes place between the original Bakemonogatari and Kizu Monogatari, which I'll probably end up watching and reviewing because I've seen everything else in this franchise so why not. Um, as I mentioned, Black is told from the perspective of Araragi-kun, our mostly immortal vampire related-esque protagonist. And he owes his life to the seemingly perfect and perpetually put together class president, Hanekawa Tsubasa. And it takes place in our world, which are full of oddities or supernatural beings which tamper with humans at their will. Hanezawa has become charmed by a white cat during the Golden Week holiday and has begun violently attacking people to relieve her built-up stress. So, as always, Production. The staff is almost entirely different from the original series Bakemonogatari. That being said, the new staff did an excellent job, I think, of blending the best elements from the two previous seasons of Nisei Monogatari and Bakemonogatari. The chief director for Neko is Aikiyuki Simbo, who has a large number of directorial credits to his name, including being the director for Magical Lyrical Girl Nanaha, Woot! Dance and the Vampire Boond. Boo. <laughs> Uh Boo. Kiz- uh, Kizu Monogatari, which follows this, unsurprisingly him being brought on as the director for that also, and Arakawa Under the Bridge. Boo. To name a few. So naturally with a strong history behind the series and a well-established theme, the staff really didn't deviate from the overall plan that this series involves around. Uh, animation. This was done by Studio Shaft, and Studio Shaft continues to do an amazing job in the animation. It's stylistic, smooth, generally flawless, but it retains all the charms of the previous series, um, which includes striking landscapes, minimalist images, camera zooms and camera angles that are incredibly creative to add dynamic views, um, word splash screens for various emphasis, and stark color contrast. I love this series' use of silhouettes. Um, visually neke, Neko Monogatari is, as, is astounding, just like any other installment in this franchise so the animation is something that I really feel like if someone complained about the animation for this show I'd probably slap them across the face because there's very little to complain Man, about. Man this
2: show's animation is really shitty.
0: Bam! Oh. Music. Um, the music is repetitive and that's the largest flaw I find with it. It isn't bad music when it is playing it's not it's not great it's not awful but they will they'll repeat the same couple notes um, but they do it to add to the feeling because there's a sharp pacing to the dialogue and the repetition adds a, almost like a creative monotony to the di- to the dialogue's delivery and, and I know it sounds weird to say monotony in a good way but it's almost like a, a kind of driving beat that the voice actors are almost playing to. So, in that way, it's well done and it fits the show, but if you're just gonna download the soundtrack, it's nothing that I'd put on to play. It, if you took it away from the show, it would take away something of the overall show and it fits with what it's doing, but it's not just good music, if, if that makes sense. Um, so review. Unsurprisingly, the dialogue remains the star of the show. The anime continues to channel dark flares here and there with random acts of violence or a commentary that catches you off guard with this level of uh, morbidity or just dark themes. Like, in one instance, and I don't know, maybe this is a spoiler, but with four episodes, it's one of those things that there's there's no horribly shocking things I felt like in this anime, and I don't know if that's really good or really bad. Um or just kind of in the middle, my feelings kind of in the middle, but it's there's one scene that kind of, you know, is a, a domestic violence scene and and it's not it's not downplayed or cheapened and it just kind of is in there and it's kind of like, whoa because the show kind of has a comedy element to it oftentimes, especially in the, the previous installments of the show. Um so it's, it, it'll definitely catch you off guard. It definitely adds something to the show that's really nice. The dialogue is sharp, quick, and delivered impeccably. It's the entire driving force of the show. Um, if a well-delivered monologue gets your gears going, then this show is going to have you zero to 60 in the first few minutes. But if you're a less is more person in the talking department, then this show will likely prove more frustration than, pre- than pleasure the the dialogues are crafted impeccably they're delivered impeccably and it's really really well done but that is the show it's delivered it's delivered for that in a certain way and it's presented in a way that centers around the dialogue and it's well done but that's what it is so if you're a person who hates talk talking driven shows this isn't going to be for you just as any of its predecessors were, because they're all dialogue-heavy. As a prologue, the barrier of entry to the franchise is fairly low. Um, you don't even need the to watch the series to understand the prologue. Um, a short, and as I mentioned before, of course, well-done narration at the beginning sums up important po- uh, points introduced in the first series, such as oddities and who the characters are. But at the same time, they don't bog you down with information either for a first-time viewer. So it should let the show be a pleasurable watch. Of course, that being said, if you were a fan of the original series but not a super fan, I wouldn't place this in the must-see category to get an insight that you have to have for the overall story. To be honest, I never really cared much for Hanakawa, and while this arc helped me to do so, I really would have been fine without it. I didn't feel like it gave me something to the franchise that I couldn't live without, But I also feel, don't feel like it was a completely worthless addition. Nisei Monogatari was a take it or leave it for fans in this series. And I feel like it was a, uh, Neko was a step back in the right direction for what the original series presented. It doesn't live up to the original glory the first series had, but that might be something that it simply cannot be done because the original was fairly groundbreaking. It's kind of like when you have the first movies in a franchise that does something that is completely new and completely different from anything you've seen before. And of course, it's going to be absolutely astoundingly amazing. But then anything that does that, yes, it's still amazing if it's something else, but it's not going to continue to be astounding because you've then seen it before. Um, I have a question. I'm I'm about to get to it. <laughs> One thing. <laughs> what? Uh, sitting here. You can
1: read minds. <laughs> Chiaki
2: sitting here looking at looking at what I'm looking at on my computer. I think she's, anticip- she's anticipating <laughs> okay. my question, but I want to ask it anyway. All right. So I just googled Nako ne- Monogatari because every time I hear I hear an anime that has either word, either the word cat or Nako in the title, I generally cringe. And I don't know I don't know I know next to nothing about this anime, but. I just googled it, and nearly every picture is like it looks like cat girl porn,
0: yes, so <laughs> I'm really
2: curious about that. it really like it's like this girl's on it, this girl she's already hot, she's lying on like a some like silk bed sheets and like a bikini,
1: but what you don't understand that it's the most thematically dense cat girl porn that's ever <laughs> existed. <laughs> right, so and
0: is that a, is very true
2: there's a cat porn corn, is a cat girl porn, and yeah.
0: Well, that's one thing that I honestly have trouble deciding if it's a, truly a fault or somehow a glorious thing that works with the presentation of the series is the level of fan service this have this show has it's definitely It's definitely made in such a way that it's going to sell figures because and and it's relatively high, and normally, I would ream a show for how high the fan service has because the main character is a Cat girl that runs around in lingerie.
2: You can't find a single picture on Google that doesn't look like porn. Every single picture. Google it. Go ahead, Cram. Do it. Okay. Do Google. Google it right now.
1: Nekomonogatari. Think... Enter. Oh. Images. Porn. It's porn. It's all porn. You're right. I agree with you for once.
0: Um. So. For once. <laughs> yes, it's it's very much a cat girl running around for the sake of it. I, it would seem like but one thing that has been in the show since the beginning, since Bakemonogatari and it's an element of the story is this element of sexuality and sexual frustration and and it's not it's not just it's not just there's a girl and I want to, to bang her. But I
2: do actually I feel sexually I mean, frustrated just looking at the pictures <laughs>
0: But, like, in the beginning of uh, Neko, there's actually a, a dialogue between two characters where they talk about love. And the, the whole point of what ends up being the point of the dialogue is what's the difference between love and lust? And how do you tell the difference between loving someone and just lusting after them? And so there's kind of that, okay, yes, it fan is fanservice-y. I'm not going to argue with that. Yes, they could put more clothes on her. But the show at least presents it in such a way that goes with this theme of, of sexual frustration and, and pent up sexual reservation that it has had going around Adagaki-kun, um, kun for since the beginning. So in that way, in a strange way, it, it actually works. I, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the normal fan service to me. Um, maybe because she tears a guy's arm off with her mouth maybe because it you know they're talking about deeply morbid things maybe because yes um there's a picture
2: of her ripping the guy's arm off on google too i
0: and and you know maybe it's just because there's this weird genre clashing that somehow works in the universe we're in i'm not sure why it works but Personally, I find it less offensive, but I'm still, you know, going to take off points because, yes, they made it to sell figures. <laughs> There's, there is very few arguments there. Um, but I'm willing to forgive it a little more. So it's, I think the reason why I just can forgive it a little is because they, they do something with it. Rather, they have it be a commentary on something rather than just having it be fan service for the sake of fan service. Does that make sense, boys? Am I making mm,
3: yeah. sense?
1: Yeah, no, it totally makes sense.
0: All right, so I do praise the story for its directness. Other characters are pretty much kept to a supporting role, and in a four-episode OVA, it's necessary to prevent clutter. There, there. In a story that's dialogue-driven, it can be very easy to lose the story because it's less about the images on the screen and more about following what the characters are saying, and so. I definitely think that keeping things to a minimum greatly helps with um, greatly helps with the overall feeling of the story. There are some comedic elements, but not as much as the comedy that you'll find in the original show. Um, it's overall this anime is a good watch. It has its flaws, but the Monogatari franchise is delivering once again. And it's short, but it'll there's a low barrier to entry, and it can be a good anime Friday night watch. So overall, the fan surface I'm going to ding it for a little bit, but Monogatari is just it is what it is, and normally what it is is amazing. So I'm going to give it four white cats out of five black ones.:
1: Very nice. four white cats white cats out of five black ones. That doesn't, so,
0: doesn't make sense. So,
1: does that mean that you're rating it for something that it's not trying to do? I don't know. I, th- I think your rating has some really deep meaning.
0: This show has some really deep meaning.
1: <laughs> your mom has some really deep meaning.
0: Oh, no. I did it. I came from my mom's deep meaning.
2: That's. And
0: on that note.
1: From her <laughs> Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: from her Vegeta. Bringing it back. Full circle.
1: I hope everyone liked my Vegeta. And by that I mean my action figure. You really thanks.
0: are from Tennessee. Thanks. I am, dude. Thanks, <laughs> no thanks joke. Thanks for sh- sharing your with us.
1: I'll bring my verdura every week. I don't. I don't give a hurt. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's it for this episode. We did it again, guys. Oh wow. my wow! You act like
2: you're surprised.
1: Well, I just. I, I mean, it's a feeling of accomplishment. I don't get that very much. But um, anyway, bring us to the end of our show. You can find us, as always, at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, where please, please, please rate us. You can rate us and leave us a review. We're reading five-star reviews on the air, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and Twitter at twitter.com slash aaapodcast. And, of course, every week we're on ustream.tv going live at 9.30 p.m. EST on Saturdays. Okay, so look for us on UStream. You'll find us there, and uh, and you can you can check us out live and join the chat and change history. Talk to us. Give us questions.
2: Yeah. So, so f- yeah, thanks to everybody that joined us live. Thank
1: you so much. Appreciate we do appreciate that. Audience. We appreciate all the questions and the comments. Uh, taking us out today is the song "Sayonara Teyu from the anime *Majestic Prince* by the artist Chiaki Ishikawa. Did
0: you write this? Yep. You, you write know this all right. it's already so beautiful take
1: care
3: everyone see you guys next week <laughs> 悪なるんだ。ああ。リンゴ ah, ah, ah.